0: My talkers, we are hanging out with Lori and Julia on this gloomy Thursday afternoon. But don't worry, we're gonna bring this a little bring uh, a little sunshine into your day here with some fun on the show that Lori and Julia have been doing perfectly for over twenty years. You guys, congratulations! We keep oh, for Grant, twenty don't years. Remind us. Twenty don't years. us.
1: <laughs> we're trying to reverse time over here. Know. That's true. It's That's true. just a construct running backwards in a void. <laughs> or however well, you all the all the other ways you say it. Well. Here's how I know uh, 20 years is a construct I'm trying to stop. I have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but eight little Solanus uh, patches all over my bowling body.
2: Oh, that was last we left. I was KT taping you and putting on the salon patch, which are these medicated patches you buy at the drugstore. And you
1: did my kinesiology I did. or whatever I you did. call it. Is that I what did. you call
2: it? That kinesiology. It, you know what? It kind of helped.
1: It took me three games to bowl my average, so it just took a while. And I set a record last night, you guys. Did it hurt, though, Lori? That's all I care about. Um... Yes, I, I'm i hurting. That's why I have eight patches on in Did you feel it spots. though
2: last night when you had on everything? I felt
1: like it helped me, but it took a while. The second game, I actually had six splits. And the guys we were bowling against were like, are you trying to set a record? Because they got like... Whoa. Two splits between What does that of, mean? That's where you leave a pin here, here and the, the pin on the other you end. Know, almost shots. impossible all to right. get. It means you are hitting it dead center but with not enough force.
0: The 710 split is the infamous one.
1: Okay. I had so many. Well, and, how many, you had to throw and, a lot of balls. Oh, <laughs> so many. And I kept and I kept trying to do a stutter walk, which is walk, 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 then release right at the line. Whereas I've always been a, a motion bowler, Julia. Mm-hmm. I'm a
2: lady in motion. Was that to give your arm more stability or something?
1: Yes, to maybe not have my arm go down because um, Dr. Joe on my team has diagnosed me and I have repetitive exercise elbow. motion disorder. Oh, in your elbow? In my bowling, the whole bowling arm. arm from doing it because he said, be honest with me and tell me the number of years you've done this repetitive motion.
2: Right. And, and that you don't lift weights or anything to strengthen your arm. Would that help at all or no? Uh,
1: no. no you just, you said just, get just repetitive it from, motion.
2: Yeah. It's like someone the I can't playing. imagine that one time a week for 31 weeks a year, you could get repetitive motion syndrome. But
1: mm-hmm. if you do it for 30 years, Julia. 30 times fifty. 31. Three games a day. It's All not right, just one is, throw. See,
2: that's a lot of throwing that damn ball. Yeah, I mean. So he
1: goes, I know you don't like doing math, and I don't you like I know you're an older, younger person, but Dr. Joe wants you to honestly think <laughs> about how long you've been doing this Wednesday night. Bolarama. Was he
2: suggesting you well, pause or you he was suggesting at such an early age, an old early age? Giving me, A, a reality check,
1: and B, should I consider going to a 10-pound ball? Would that help? But um, You
2: have a heavy ball.
1: Oh, Julia, 12 pounds is not heavy, but it is heavy because For it's... For me, it is motion And for the problem years. with her
2: going down to a different ball is she has the Hello Kitty ball. I could get a Hello Kitty ball in oh, a 10-pound gra- But way. do you remember that ball took us two years to
1: get Yeah, it. I know. I, know, I, I know.
2: mean I that know. ball was made in Mexico. Casey and- was more um
1: abrupt when i told him all this he says you're gonna have to quit bowling just face oh, it no
2: i'm not giving up on that yeah. no this is your joy there's other ways around this well That's yeah how i can just with the star on it is amazing i can just go hang out yeah and not bowl or you could split your bowling three games with someone
1: uh, no, that's not how a leak works. Well, so you can always
2: know. change things, Laurie. a lot ask. of patches on my body today. That's what. That's the moral of the story, Grant. <laughs> and, and I had, and I had, you a, had something. I had. I went to Dr. Crutchfield and they had the celebrity peel, which is literally it's two different lasers, deep mm-hmm. lasering. Where I can't wait to see what my skin looks like next week today. Mm-hmm. But today I look like a tomato that has been on fire that is overripe. And you've bogged out on I've us. I've out on trivia night. Wow. Neil, if you're listening, our team will be there just without
0: Shame.
2: me. Mm-hmm. Grant, you're going. We've got other. Jess is going. Ross is going. Lori's got on her. Um, I said you were going. My Las Vegas show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm sure is going to bring your luck. Oh,
1: it's going to bring yeah, your team so much luck. And
2: you have such a unique group of people on the team, though, Lori, that you're going to win. You guys oh, are going to win. I don't.
1: I don't. I don't. I. I remember playing we at did. this aaj With age.
2: Ian and Marjorie.
1: They have different news stations and newspaper, like the Pioneer Press will have a great team. Yep, the Star will have, have a great team. The strength of the reporter's knowledge is
2: uh, vast bit, and deep. <laughs> yeah. we, and we just know short blurts about little things. Pop culture. Yep, three mm-hmm. sentences about mm-hmm. everything. Well, yeah. Hopefully that's our lane. Totally, totally, Well, totally. the last time we had a team, we had Ian and Donnie on our team. Oh, Ian team. and Donnie, yeah.
0: Donnie's a heck of a player, right? From what he I hear. He has music
2: trivia up the wazoo. He is music,
1: but he also, like, knows history. He does know history. Yeah. yeah he's he had a another, another good uh, category. And Ian
2: knows a, li- a lot about a lot.
1: Uh, Ian is, I mean, you know, really the... He's a library. Uh, Casey, I was like, would you ever want to do it? And he goes, well... I don't know. I if I'm that good at, good at it. And I said, Casey, you're good at music, movies, and um, war, Sports. mythology, yes, Greek anything mythology, Greek mythology. Uh, right. anything to do with wars. Right. Or you say, yeah, uh, you know, what was the war where the elephant, you know, crossed into Switzerland? You know, what was what was that what was called? That one? Yeah, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that, that kind of stuff. He was I great to watch of- Gladiator with and Spartacus because he knew all this. You know all this stuff, the old all this history behind yeah, yeah. it, yeah.
2: and Bailey go to war. The elephant crossed over to Switzerland. No, Hannibal. Yes. Hannibal
1: yeah. was the name of the that war. I don't know if it was the general or the name of the elephant. I know, but isn't
2: it? I think it's the elephant. Yeah, it might. But be. But I don't. know. I think we're so far off. All I can look is that. I'm looking at this. None scripture.
1: of this counts in trivia night, so no. you know, <laughs> really,
2: yeah. because again, you can't talk out loud. Really, I mean, you can I, talk you amongst, talk your, amongst team. your team. You can't Google. Well. Duh,
1: mm-hmm. Julia. Although you know, last time
2: I, I did trivia was with Jeff in a bar in Wisconsin, and it's a bar that does trivia like every Saturday night. and I saw Lee Volswick, and there, and yeah. oh gosh, she won. She did. Yeah, she's so good. You know, what, I, I, I forget her wife's name, but she's so. Oh, right. There, it was so funny because they were losing, losing. Yeah, and we were winning, winning. What do you, and then what they did they get you get at
1: a bar at a trivia night in Wisconsin? Like a ham? You get a or gift something?
2: card. Oh, nice. A little gift card or a ham or ham There's some you know ham yeah. sockets.
1: What the hell is a ham?
2: Socket? I don't know, but don't you see those sometimes, like where the weird things is beef hoofs and ham sockets next to the tripe, the cow tongue? Oh no! Oh yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. I yeah. Love funny stories. What do we know, Grant? Oh uh, no, nothing. Nothing. Not nothing. much. Just all good, You know, that's about it. All right. Listen, all right. When we come back, it's our story
1: we can't get enough of. Thank you, Grant, so much. Uh, Julia Random House uh, announced. Earlier today they were excited to announce the remarkably personal and emotionally powerful story of Prince Harry the Duke of Sussex Spare is the name which the is of the book is just Spare Absolutely mm-hmm. iconic perfect um It comes out January tenth, twenty 2023, so the, you know, doomsday clock over in Britain can start tick, tick, ticking down because there will be so many stories about that when, I mean, and that's a confident title because that is. There's a hair, air. There's an air and a and a spare. That's right. And um, so I guess that leak uh, that came in twenty twenty one about remember that he was even doing a memoir was yes. was correct. So um anyway, spare uh based on the cover, now Grant posted it. He's bathed in a what I can only call as California golden sun. And the sun is behind him and it's kind of looks like it's setting and it's the golden halo right him. where his hairline is you know, I firmly was at one time, but he's he looks just unflinching into the camera. And it's four hundred and sixteen pages. It will be um printed in sixteen languages to start with.
2: It's in hardcover, it's twenty five dollars and twenty cents you can pre order order for delivery. Yep. Tuesday, January tenth, audible. He reads it. He's it's going to read the book. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's going to read the book. Uh, oh,
1: I'm Prince Harry. I know it, and um, uh, and then apparently he's uh, we we really don't know um, anything in it, but there will be a lot of hand wringing and made up stories sure. at all the papers across the pond. Well, if You
2: think about how much has come out already for Matthew Perry's book, which and he's not Prince Harry at all, but all these excerpts. The book doesn't even come out till next week. We're going get, to be getting dripplings starting December 1st. I'm sure we're going to Oh, gonna hear, I don't think so. This you don't is think gonna, so? No, this is going to be under lock you and think key. So? Oh, I yeah. would hope so. That would be nice. Absolutely. Because, like, we heard all about Katie Kerr. Cr- I don't like hearing about the whole books they before they come out. They too
1: much money on this mm-hmm. uh, thing, and... Um, Uh, he, Random House said that the book is full of insight, revelation, self-examination and hard won wisdom about the eternal power of love and grief. Well, that sounds good. And, um, and just the power of him just simply calling it spare is just iconic because that's just a good unflinching bam. That is it. And then the other... Do you ever, do you ever like to read Omid Scobie? No. Yeah. Okay. So he is right to everything. He's one of the people that I, I really do like. And he wrote an interesting, um, column in his Yahoo UK column. He has seen the crown season five and there's an embargo on it, of course, but, um, He said um, about this thing, he said, without sounding dramatic, um, many of the, uh, all these specials and documentaries that have come out about the royal family, they're super spreading misinformation, right? And yeah, Peter Morgan is actually well-sourced and well-researched. I can say this, a lot of the series takes its lead for information readily available in the public domain. On-the-record television interviews, Diana's audio tapes Mm -hmm. to Andrew Morton, numerous biographies, including the Jonathan Dimbley 1994 book, which Charles cooperated with. And it is in that book that Peter Morgan has the conversation with um, John Major that Prince Charles said in his own words on an interview that he wondered about his mom when she was going to leave. He wondered that out loud. He wondered if she should. That was in a thing. So Omid Skow, we said, in my opinion, so much of the scandal of this season is sourced from one place. It actually happened. Reality. Right. Right. I'd imagine this is what scares the royal institution the most. Because while the scripted dialogue comes straight from the writer's room, and you'd be a fool to treat this as a historical documentary, the majority of jaw droppers in the plot come courtesy of. Of the royal family sure, of course. and the press. And f- and for those, they have no one to blame other than themselves. And he also writes that a lot of the pearl clutching, like that the Daily Mail and other places are doing about the crown, are stories that they themselves and wrote, wrote of course chased, wrote. Yes. played, yes. brought it up. And yeah. they are the source of some of the crown stuff. Right. So he's just like, uh, I mean, the crown tackles the 90s, but when people go to Google stuff, which is what you do when you watch a show like that,
2: they're going to find out.
1: It's true. It's true. Here's
2: the article dated, you know, November and, 4th. And I noticed
1: that Buckingham Palace has dialed back. Have you noticed since the Dame Judi Dench? They've not been Sudden squawking. One more thing. They haven't been squat. And guess what? Dame uh, Judi Dench was in the running to play. The Queen
2: Mother. The Queen Mother. I know Mother. she was. Mm-hmm.
1: I know. The the cast of the Crown is very disappointed that she's played historical, you know, royal British monarchs and they've never she's never asked for a disclaimer on those movies.
2: Oh, funny. Yeah. I know. You know, no it's So, you know, it'll be interesting if
1: uh, the how many stories they're going to come up because it's all speculation. Nobody knows what's in it and right. um I think one of the things that Quite frankly, that Harry is probably going to share with us and people are, we want to know how he went from being that 12-year-old boy, losing his mom, walking behind the coffin and this most public thing to...
3: I'm Bradley Trainer,
1: And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
3: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house
1: we saw a lot of it out loud his behavior and mortifying things that he did but like what he did the therapy road the the military you know how he dealt with that grief in this family that's notoriously close close and And he lost the one person that was right you know so i don't know i don't think it's going to be some kind of a nasty book about his dad or his brother.
2: I hope he doesn't have to write as many um Mia Copas as Matthew Perry has already written no and the book hasn't come out. He's not going to because Harry is like I, I, Matthew Perry
1: is 18 months sober for the first time in It is affecting
2: years. his judgment. Yeah. Is what I'm gonna say in this book.
1: Yeah. Well I'm, yeah because he had to apologize today about the Keanu Reeves mentioning two different stories, one about River Phoenix and one about Chris Farley and how when he learned about both those deaths, he specifically mentioned, and yet Keanu Reeves still walks amongst, amongst us. And he said, it was just a bad joke. He just picked a name out of random. He's got nothing against Keanu. I thought, well, one time is random, two time is deliberate. Because your editors would have said something. Why they do
2: See, I don't know why the editors didn't help him, because I told you Valerie like would be mortified. And you said, oh, she'll be fine. This happened a long time ago. What comes out? She's mortified, mortified that he used her. You don't want your discretions. They're yours to mention, not Matthew Perry's. I mean, she was married at the time. Yeah. He had nothing to lose. And like you said, he has 18 months sobriety after being an addict for 35 years or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. I just feel like, like maybe it was too stuff. soon, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe he didn't work it out, but his editor could have helped him a little bit in this. But then again, look he, at all
1: the press they're getting. But but also, he would have said, he, the editor might have said, are you sure you want to do this? And uh, Matthew said, yeah. But his he, apology wasn't very good. And I didn't realize that Keanu and River Phoenix were such good friends, too. So the story is that they were all good friends. Right. and. Keanu, you know, he's gone through his share of tragedies. He's kicked, I don't know, I, I don't know if he battled something, but I know he's overcome things, and he's just, like, he's like Dolly Parton. Nobody has a bad word to say about him. So putting it in twice, you know, I thought it was, like, going to have some deeper thing, but he just threw out, he just, like, he really doesn't like him, and he let us know that. And yeah. with his bad apology, he really let us know that, you know? Yeah. Just, it's mean to wish uh, you're talking about somebody tragically dying. Then you're wishing no, somebody else. It's, died horrible it's yeah, absolutely
2: yeah, yeah. horrible. And the other thing that he does, we're talking about Matthew Perry is he did say that, you know, he wants this book to help people, to help people. Yeah. He says, I have a platform right now. And yeah. if people can see my confessions, what I'm talking about, if this can help people out. Yeah. Um, and I know, think he's
1: right. That's the part of his book that I think friends, Addiction, lovers and yep. the big, terrible thing. Which is the addiction? That's the piece. I hope that uh, you know. I think the Keanu thing is you know it'll it'll go away. But maybe his editor didn't like him very much, and they only yeah. argued one time. Right? Yeah. Maybe he was difficult to work with. I don't know because to me, an editor would have said, "Hey, we I don't think you should be naming him twice." I wouldn't
2: do this name dropping, and because you know, when you go you to sure apologize,
1: random is once. Twice is deliberate. Yeah, yeah, in everybody's uh, book. But anyway, so Harry, Spare Prince Harry, it's kind of exciting and um, beginning of the new year.
0: Yeah, I love it. Like you said, the title, fantastic. It's so good. Yeah.
1: It's so good. He well, just also brings up
2: so many different um, thoughts about what a spare means. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It really yeah. does. It's perfect. <laughs> it it is. is. I wasn't the needed one. I I have no rights to anything. I'm just mm-hmm. the one in the back of the your chair. Mm-hmm. Really? I yeah. mean, our literal meeting. But yeah. You know, but it's it's mm-hmm. true. All right. That's why his mom always called him Good King Harry to make him feel good. We've got a, we've got Hi, a, a big, big thing. Q's? Yeah. We've got a U.S. former U.S. diplomat joining us who wrote an amazing book. Um, Michael Oren is with us, and we'll see how we do with him, Lori. I'm a little oh, nervous, but the book fantastic. is fantastic. We'll be right back. Welcome to I feel like our third edition, I think, of the Lori and Julia Book Club this week because we had our first LoJ Book Club live the other night. We are delighted. Um, to have a, a first-time author on our store, Lori, and you, our show, and Lori, you're going to tell everyone about him, but I just want to remind everybody that we're sponsored by the Book Club Restaurant, and every time you go into the Book Club Restaurant uh, in Minneapolis, you mention Lori and Julia Book Club, and you get a free appetizer or dessert with yep. your meal. All right. Sorry, I'm knocking things down. Michael, are you there?
3: I am here, Julia. Oh. That Michael, it's low. so How good to talk Hi.
1: to you. We, uh, we're we really excited because Julia and I were just dazzled by your book, book. Swan's War. Oh, wow. oh my goodness. Thanks. Oh, we
2: love it. And we read so many books.
1: It's great. Yeah, it is. It is. So, Michael, thank you for being with us today. Um, we're uh, excited to have you share with our listeners the setup of this historical fictional novel swan's war taking place in world war ii
2: and before you do yeah you talk to us michael we just want to remind people you're a former israeli ambassador to the united (laughs) states internationally well-known author of three new york times books and um you've been on all the big shows everywhere so um thank you for being thank you for being on the big show in the twin cities lori and julia so give us the setup of swan's war
3: Well, first of all, thank you so much for hosting me. I don't know if you can hear me blush, um, but I'm blushing. Thank you. Um, It's a story set on an island off the coast of Massachusetts. Um, You know, no spoiler, it's an imaginary island. I made it up. Mm -hmm. It's called Fourth Cliff. The you know, book actually opens up with a, a map of the island, so you can find your way around. And it takes place in 1944. It opens, and um, it's a story of a, of a woman, Mary Beth Swan, who um, is a, an Irish uh, girl from South Boston whose grandfather and father were cops. And she wanted nothing else to be but to be a, a police woman, or as they were called back then, a women policeman. Yes, <laughs> um, and they didn't carry guns, yes. and they didn't they didn't walk beats. So very very different than today. They had horrible uniforms, and um, and that she wanted to be, you know, in law enforcement. And she joins the police force in Boston, and she meets a young man named Archibald Swan. Archie Swan is the captain of police of this island, Fourth Cliff. And you know, he marries her. He brings her to Fourth Cliff, and then World War Two breaks out, and he gets called into the Marines to fight in the South Pacific, and leaves her as the law on the island. Uh, which is difficult enough because the islanders are tough old mariners. Um, they don't like a, frankly, a, a Catholic woman from South Boston. Right. Uh, city girl. And, uh, and she's alone and, and, um, in a rather inhospitable environment. But then things get actually very rough for Meredith Swan. On the island, imprisoned are 90 Italian prisoners of war. And This happened in World War II. America brought Italian prisoners to the United States. Some fifty-one thousand of them.
2: See, I didn't,
1: that. A, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. I think, I think, Michael, the one thing that why Julia and I always do love anything, any Historical story set fiction. in World War yeah. II, is that there are so many incredible stories of courage and and terrible things. And I mean, there's like there's so much storytelling to come from it.
3: There are things that I learned, frankly, during the course of the book. And one of them is the thousands of, uh, of American servicemen who guarded the coast uh, of the United States against U-boat attacks, mm-hmm. uh, which were very prevalent in, in the early part of the war. But it, as early as you know, the, a week before the end of World War II, there was a, a U-boat sunk off Nantucket. So <laughs> it really was a threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that story, another story of the oppression of Italian-Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not Italian. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. And I was unaware that the same law that um, enabled the American government to round up, you know, tens and tens of thousands of Japanese Americans and put them in in in, in these camps, it was mm-hmm. the same law they used to round up Italian Americans.
2: Mm-hmm. I di- I didn't know
3: and that it, either. Yeah. And then I like Joe DiMaggio's parents. Amazing.
2: Yeah.
3: So, and uh, so this becomes a, a role in the book. Anyway, make a a, a not so long story short is that. Uh, there are 90 Italian prisoners of war on this island, and one after another, they start getting murdered. So, Mary Beth Swan, who is the law on this island in this inhospitable environment, hunt down a serial killer who's afoot on Fourth Kiss Island. It's
0: mm-hmm. so
3: It's
2: so good. It's so good. It's we so love good. your it's characters. It's so good. Your characters, your characters and, are. And that you're writing from a woman's perspective. I yeah, mean, talking yeah. about Mary, Mary Beth, all of her insecurities and her strengths. Was yeah. that hard for you, Michael?
3: What's hard for me has been some of the reactions of um, <laughs> this to say that she's like too human. Uh, I don't know if readers want to read about her actual real human being, but she's got, she's got insecurities, she's afraid, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's alone, she no, doesn't know she's up to the task, uh, and yet there's something indomitable about her. The mm-hmm. fact that she even you know, went into the police force against the wishes of her father uh, at a time when you know, people weren't particularly friendly to these women policemen. And 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 and, went and followed her husband and, and maintains the law on the island during his absence. And he's in combat and in terrible situations. Because part of the war is part of the book is their correspondence, right? Um, and and yes, you know she, she's very real. And um, and I, I felt deeply for her. I identify deeply with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of my hero.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The cover's great, by the way, of your book. I like it. Yeah, um, I loved it, too. Yeah, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Michael Oren. Uh, the book is Swan's War. Um, Michael, you know, we're talking about the um, imprisonment of Italian-Americans, you know, d- right after World War II or during World we're, War II. And were they,
1: they were POWs, like, from the Italian army? No, there were some citizens.
3: Yeah. Didn't you talk? Well, both, both, well, both is true, but the, the, the 51,000 prisoners of war were taken right. in the campaigns. That America fought against the Italian right. army in North Africa, in Sicily, and then in Italy itself.
2: And did you
1: come and across it's interesting this time? They were kept
3: oh. separate from the German prisoners.
1: Oh, Pardon me? Okay. Yeah, they were kept separate from the German so prisoners. The Germans were,
3: were considered, I think, more, more, more dangerous enemies. Mm-hmm. And there was actually an attempt to enlist some of these Italian prisoners' water in the U.S. forces, and many, many thousands did. Um, but they were kept in minimal security. Uh, camps and they were they needed them for labor. There were all the young men were off at war. A y- lot of young women were working in factories, and there was no one to fish and no one to farm. And they needed the Italian prisoners of war to work, uh, and um, and many of them stayed. Many of them stayed after World War II. But there were Italian Americans who were imprisoned by the U.S. Mm-hmm.
1: government. Wow!
3: Because America was at war with Italy in the same way that the, the government had imprisoned uh, Japanese. Exactly down. same presidential order. And um, they were hounded by the FBI and their houses were raided. They had curfews. They couldn't travel. Um, And it's a it's a it's a chapter that's not very well known. And frankly, it wasn't very well known to me until I started researching the
0: book.
1: Mm -hmm. And for your research, uh, like, do you did you like that part of it? And did it take you, you know, like all different? Like, did you have to go to a lot of places to put this all together Mm. or was it easy to access?
3: Uh, well, I, you know, I'm a historian by training. Okay. I'm a history professor, and that's, I've written history. All right. Um, yeah, so you know how I, I you do it. To it <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get it right. I wanted to get it right. I need, I need to know what people wore, yeah. what they ate, what they didn't eat because there was rationing. Right. I need to know what people spoke in the 40s, getting the language right. And... Um, you know, I, I I have one character said once. You know, it's a game. Game's over or game changer. And I look it up in the dictionary. It turns out the first time the game changer was used in 1970. So you couldn't use that. Right. right. And uh, they had a very rich, rich language, but a different language. Yeah. And um, and then I had to find out about the workings of a 1941 Harley Davidson motorcycle, uh-huh. <laughs> which is <laughs> without actually going out and buying one. But the remarkable thing was that the LAPD. Uh, has a, uh, a video from 1941 on the workings of a, of a Harley Davidson Marlowe cycle. Um, the fact is you can find a tremendous amount online. Yeah. There are um, sites on the Internet about American language of the 40s, uh, about dress of the 40s, mm-hmm. and a lot about the history of, of, of women in the police force.
1: Well, I guess that's it's what makes you such a good storyteller is because you, this is rich in your imagination. and It's certainly coming across the page.
3: And my, my father was a, a, a very decorated uh, veteran of World War II.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, um,
3: nice. and, and so I, I visited, you know, his battlefields and I knew the people who fought with him very well. And so that world is very alive for me.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and Michael, we should have done our legwork, but we didn't. But I'm wondering who was the president at the time that you were the former Israeli ambassador to the U.S.?
3: I worked with President Obama for about five years.
2: You did? All right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's got to be such a fascinating thing to do, and then you get writing books, you know, and you're teaching history. Yeah,
3: How cool. yeah. I, I wrote a memoir called Ally. I shouldn't plug that on this. Just show, you can right? tell us it's called, about it. Uh, Ally, which was was a New York Times bestseller. It was uh, a rather edgy book, and it talked about my time in Washington as well as my sort of personal story.
1: And also the American-Israeli, you know, that whole the balance of that relationship.
3: It. it is, it is uh, in, in many ways the, the deepest and most multifaceted relationship which the United States has with any foreign country, but it has its, you know, it has its challenges mm-hmm. on the, the peace process, the Iranian issue. Um, I had a great honor in those years that, that I worked very, very closely with the vice president, who uh, is now the president, yeah. and his team, who is now the team, and, uh, and know them very well and, yeah. and came to admire them.
1: Do you, do you feel like I um, do you feel like everything's going to be OK in the Middle East? And is does Russia our big worry? Oh, gosh, we're uh, going we're no, going off.
2: Be,
3: we're going <laughs> to be OK in the Middle East. Nothing's going to be OK in the Middle East. The okay. uh, Middle East is a very, very problematic area. Uh, but what's happening now is totally unique because there's a, an alliance between Iran and Russia. And Russia is using Iranian armaments, these drones, to kill Ukrainians mm-hmm. who are backed by the United States. So you almost have like a proxy war mm. between the United States and Iran right now in Ukraine. Oh my god! And, um, as an historian, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know many cases like this in history.
1: You don't? Oh, I, oh, I we don't want don't to want learn in history. Right I know. Now. Okay, this, in this that's way. Why you
3: write fiction. Right? right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we <laughs> have, have write, to. Oh, no that's kidding, why you, Laurie, That's why you write fiction to that's get away from right. some of this stuff. Okay, oh so. My gosh.
2: It, we have to ask you, Michael, what's the last great book you've read?
3: The last great book I read, because hmm, I'm, I'm reading constantly, constantly. The last great fiction book I read. Yes. Um, I love Elizabeth Stroll. I read everything she writes. And uh, I think she, no one writes love better than she does. Oh. And uh, she has a new Lucy Barton book out, which I'm running to get. Okay.
2: okay, I know who that character yeah. is. <laughs> wonderful! Oh, we've
3: really enjoyed. We
2: have a crush on you. Michael. I know. St- you're so good looking. <laughs> we are following you on Twitter. Now we're like, God, that guy is a snack and a. And half. I want to read Ally. LA. <laughs> um, it was really nice to meet you. The book is Swans War. You guys are going to love this. It is a rich. It's just a. It's, it's a, a wonderful not, book. We yeah. really enjoyed it, and thank you for being on our show.
3: Thank you, thank you so much for having me.
2: Absolutely. All right, we've got a couple be books. Well, thank right, you. Thank you. Got a couple thank books you. to give away: six five one six four one one zero seven one. And we're going to take a quick break and be right back. It's the show where sisters in law break down Hollywood headlines like they were nuclear codes. Lori and Julia, where talk is fun. My Talk one zero seven one. Everything
3: entertainment.
1: Soaking it all up for
3: fun, but now. I'm Suck up wine.
0: They say to play hard, you work hard, find balance in the sacrifice. And yet
1: I don't know anybody who's truly
3: satisfied. You better believe in Trying to keep play.
2: So we'll get back to Adele and this bad song, I drink wine in a second. <laughs> we just have to gush over our last guest. Oh, Michael. My goodness. He has, he has done everything, and we find out that... How about him explaining the war? The, the, what's going what's on with what's the, going in Ukraine? On. Yeah, in, in one It's Russia against sentence. U.S. by proxy. Yeah. It was fascinating. He's, anyway, oh. he was a diplomat to Israel um, under Barack Obama's... He was um, the ambassador. Ambassador, thank you. And wow. served five years...
0: Mm-hmm. Cool, and
2: um, he has written. I, I want to read I his think, other book. Yeah, LA. this
1: is his third book. Swans yeah. were. I could totally see this being a movie because it's a short book in this in that sense. Sometimes our historical fictional novels can be long. I think it's some of Kate Quinn's books. Right. This is not, it and isn't. that is one of the things I like about it. And is it's that crisp
2: writing though. It's Rich. I feel like. Yeah, I'm I can, in I can her, picture I'm everybody. In yeah. Going around this little island right. trying to find the murderers. Right. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Swan's War be a good one.
1: Very good. All right, listen, we're going to, uh, we need two, no, we need three, three. callers, 651 1071. We are going to play Two Truths and a Lie. If Keith
2: you want to go to Keith Urban, yeah. Ha-ha. I think people do. I it's do. a week
1: from Saturday at the Excel, November 5th, and call Grant. And while Grant is getting the calls together, I just want to remind you, Julia, that a year ago, all anyone could talk about was Adele's album coming out. That it had been
2: six years, <laughs> and since twenty five, <laughs> and we were going to go crazy. You were, yeah, yeah. I have already. I had lost interest. Her. You were so. crazy And then for she it. finally
1: released the uh, album's first single, "Easy on Me," and we were excited. That was you good. know, the hand. We liked that little teaser, and then the music <laughs> video. Came out the middle of October, and then the next month the full album came out, and then the second single "I Drink Wine" was announced, and she's just now gotten.
2: She's just she's now put around to doing a video, a video for the she's second single. Bad, I <laughs> who cares, you know? But I mean, you know,
1: I don't know. I mean, that album sold a lot. You know, it was uh, her worst selling album, but it sold the most albums, You know, it sold. A million and a half, or whatever, but it really only had one song, Easy on Me. No one really, you know, was dying. And and the video is kind of hysterical. She's floating down a river in a Versace gown and she sees, she waves and smiles at, you know, Kendrick Lamar goes by and, and in a hot way, they smile at each other. And then all of a sudden, Esther William ladies are kicking around her. Right. And she's drinking wine and dropping the bottles in the river. Kind of a lazy video for Grant, bit we this
2: long. Grant, are we ready?
0: We are ready to go. I didn't mean okay. To cut it off, no, and today is going to go much better than yesterday. I'm going to be able to. Toby
2: Keith tickets we gave Toby yesterday? Toby Keith, you were trying to give <laughs> <a right. 30 laughs> Keith
0: tickets. Okay. Who do we have? All right, we've got Steve, Wendy, and Cheryl all lined up to play two truths and a lie. Now they have to identify which one of these is in fact a lie. Okay. So you said it, Laurie. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's talk to Steve. Oh, that's the computer. Steve, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good. How are you guys? Hi, Steve. Pretty good. So, you good.
0: You feeling lucky? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm talking to you. It's a beautiful day. Perfect. Does it get any better?
2: Well, if you win, I think it would. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> That's true. All right, Steve. So again, I'm going to tell you two truths and one lie. you got to identify which one of these is in fact a lie. Okay. Okay. All right. Keith Urban was married once before his current marriage to Nicole Kidman. Keith and Nicole have two children together, or finally, Nicole met Keith at the 2005 G-Day USA Gala, but didn't start dating for months after they met. <laughs> hmm. I, um, I'm going to go B. I know. Um, yeah, they do, in fact, have two children together. Keith and Nicole have two Sorry, Steve. So that is, in fact, Shoot. true. Sorry, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. That was the one thing I knew I was knew. true.
2: I know this one. Um, okay, next we have Wendy. Wendy, hey, you're on MyTalk one oh seven one. How are you? Hi,
0: I'm very
2: well. All, all right. right, good. All right, here we go. Grant has got, got it all ready for you. Yep,
0: two truths and a lie. Identify which one of these is in fact a lie. Keith Urban was married once before his current marriage to Nicole Kidman. Keith and Nicole have two children together, or finally, Nicole met Keith at the 2005 G-Day USA Gala, but didn't start dating for months after they met. Which one of these is, in fact, false? Um, I think A is the lie. Yeah, Yay! Yay, Wendy, yes. you're going! Woo! Congratulations. Yes, that is
1: it.
2: Yeah, I, did. I was like, I don't think he has been married no. before. No, Wendy. Who Congrats. Oh, it's time to go. No, nope, that's oh, just me no. playing a little oh, Keith I Urban thought, okay. for everybody. Yeah, going to take six o'clock? Okay, that one quick. Wendy, <laughs> who will be the date? Oh gosh, I don't know. My husband's out of
1: town, so I'm going to have to. I'm yeah. going to have to find a friend. It's deer hunting. It's the deer hunting opener, opener next yep. weekend. Yeah, you'll have all kinds of. Just bring your most Keith Urban worthy
2: friend or someone who makes whoever. Their- Whoever comes up with the best bribe. There you go. There you go. I'll drive, I'll pay for parking, and I'll buy all your booze. Right, right. Bingo, you'd (laughs) win. That's a high bid right there, Joy. Good idea. All right. Thanks for listening, Wendy. Grant will get all your info. All right, Lori. Okay. Then the other video that came out today, it's the music video. Because,
1: you know, I love Taylor Swift. I will say this she gives us amazing video. I don't know that anyone is better. So Harry Styles now for his album. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. He, he came out with, a, and I don't really, this is a weak song. It's called Music for a Sushi Restaurant. And they've tried to make this be Harry's single. And they just put have out the tried video.
2: since right before the album came out. They have tried this song forever. I guess they have. Yes. Anyway, Harry is a glitter-covered
1: singing squid man in this video. And we hear sushi getting chopped up and Harry with a beard worrying about being chopped up in this video. And
2: he's a man-made mermaid. No, he's a a squid squid man. He's a a squid squid man man with a beard. Covered in glitter with a beard. And you hear, if you are allergic to fish or don't like to hear what it sounds like when they cut squid. And scales and tentacles and and things are squishy. And you're in a kitchen. Oh, Harry.
1: Method. Harry, I don't know, but that song is lame.
2: (laughs) Hey, Posted. I know. Check it out. You might. It's kind of weird. All it, right. It is. You're going. Right. Oh, Harry, what you doing? Oi, oi. Wrong Harry. <laughs>